I've always found myself wondering if psychics can do as they claim, see into the future, and communicate with the departed. Our guest today will explain what it's been like to live with this gift for her entire life. So stay tuned for our conversation with spiritual medium Lydia Dustin coming up next on Chapter. My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. Today we are recording on Valentine's Day, and it's a beautiful day outside. It's uh, 50 degrees and sunny, and to make it even more beautiful, I'm joined by my wife, Jody Derrick. Welcome, Jody. Hi, Jim. Thanks for being here today. It's nice to be here. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, dear. So I'm glad Jody's here. We, we have a mutual interest in the subject that we're going to be talking about today with our guest, Lydia Dustin. Welcome, Lydia. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank, the thanks is ours for coming down. Lydia has a fascinating story. She's from right here in Franklin. And Lydia is a psychic medium. The story, as you can imagine, is both fascinating and instructive uh, about how Lydia came to tap into this gift, uh, what she has done with her gift throughout her life, and um, uh, exactly what it's like to be somebody who is, as she describes herself, a super empath. So I thought it'd be fascinating to have you in. Sure. Thanks for having me. So Lydia, why don't we start out by talking a little bit about what it's like to be a medium and to have this gift. Oh, what is it like? So it's like, um, when I was little, I always thought I made up stories about everybody, like a backstory. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I just always know more about people. So most people have like a persona that they um, go by, and I can always kind of see right through it into who they really are. Fascinating. Um, which can be, you know, a blessing and a, a curse. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. And w- before we came on the air, we were talking about what it was like to grow up as someone who had this gift as a very, very young girl. Can you talk to us a little bit about your experience growing up and what what happened through the years? Yeah, I remember um, when I was a little, little girl, I would always have dreams that would then later come true. And um, I just thought everybody did that, just like I thought that everyone kind of... Um, always had more information about like I always knew how everybody felt yeah. so if you're in like a situation in a classroom I was always waiting for everyone else to comment on what I felt and then I realized that not everybody feels it um, as much as I do right and I also learned that most people don't say how they really feel or they like pretend to feel a different way than they actually feel sure. and when you're a little kid that gets you into a lot of trouble yeah. And you were actually uh, dissuaded to say it politely. You were actually told not to not to I- express these these feelings that you were having. Yes. And made to feel like you were not normal and this wasn't okay <laughs> and and you were to suppress everything, right? Yes. I was always referred to as the um one that was different. Mm-hmm. I have 20 um five first cousins and Lydia was always different. 25 first cousins. Yes. Wow. Um well I was adopted. Mm-hmm. I was adopted um, from a Italian Portuguese family that they have the quote unquote the gift, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't meet them until I was twenty eight. But um, so I, I am actually a fourth generation psychic medium. It goes all the way back to my great grandfather um, Joseph Travers, who lived in Westport. Then it comes through his daughter, then my mother, and then me. But um, growing up, we were Catholic. I was always just told, like, you know, you stop telling stories, stop making up 
you know, lies. You didn't see that. You didn't hear that. Why, you know, your dream didn't come true. Isn't that a nice idea? Aren't you cute? So I just stopped believing in myself because I thought I was just making up stuff. So I just always thought I was just super creative. Right. And what a, what a uh, difficult thing for a young child to go through, to, to, to be told, you know, how disorienting that must have been for you, <laughs> to say the least. Right. And, and then you had to kind of form a new reality around what it was that you were actually experiencing was that, well, this isn't really taking place. I'm going to I'm going to ignore these gifts and, and put them on the shelf. And you kind of grew up feeling that this stuff wasn't relevant in your life. Right. Right. I felt really, really different. I was kind of felt like an alien. And um, I always in my heart, it's like I knew I was psychic, but then I was felt like I wasn't. It's like I was afraid I was, then I was afraid I wasn't, so I never did anything about it. But um, when I got um, older, the medium aspect really happened when people I loved started passing away, and then they would just come visit me at my house, and I would just talk to them, and um, I would just try to share it with my regular family. Once I was at church with my mom, and I just leaned over and said, so Aunt Charlotte's here, and she just wants you to know that when you sit here every Sunday, she sits beside you. My mother went, that's nice, dear, and just like <laughs> ignored it and didn't say anything else. Because sure. what do you say? Sure. Like They really thought I was a little crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would urge people to take a look at Lydia's blog. So again, it's Lydia Dustin is where the blog is. And uh, go through her blogs. I'll tell you, it, it, I've said to Lydia, it would make a fantastic book. And Jody, you've been reading these blog posts and been glued to them. They're incredible. The stories are incredible. Kind of scary, some of them. Yeah. But quite an experience. Yeah. So Lydia, you have these gifts, which include being a medium, which is communicating with spirits of mm-hmm. the past, and also uh, psychic abilities, which right. which include reading people and that type of thing. You're asked to come and consult with people that think that uh, their homes may be haunted. Mm-hmm. And, and universally, Jody, we've, we've heard it many times from friends and everything else. I think my place is haunted, and it's exactly. usually a throwaway line, right? Exactly. So how does a house get haunted? Um, there's ve- uh, many ways. The... Um a very common way is um, if someone has passed in the house and their spirit has not moved on to the light or the land, the land or the home can be haunted when you buy it. Or if you have a lot of psychic ability and you aren't doing any kind of training, then you're um, kind of in a, you just attract them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people <laughs> that think they might be psychic, but they're not sure fill up their house with ghosts and spirits and things and I clear them out but then they just fill them up again because they need to um, they need to learn to you know um, ground clear and protect so they stop doing that another way which is very sad in this day and age if someone has taken their own life Mm. or OD'd usually those people do become a ghost because um, with the suicide, it is because um, there is debate whether they see the light or not but my belief is that they do not get the light because it just wasn't their time to go. And so when they take their fate in their own hands, the light is not there for them. And a lot of work I do is passing suicide victims to the light. We'll continue with this discussion. I want to remind folks that we're speaking with Lydia Dustin. Lydia is a psychic medium. If you're interested in contacting Lydia, you can reach her at Lydia Dustin. It's all one word, L-Y-D-I-A-D-U-S-T-I-N at gmail.com. She is available to help you, whether it be through a reading or to clear your home, as we just talked about. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, ChaptersRadio.com. 
Lydia.com. Lydia, we were talking a little bit about the method in which people die and whether or not they see the light and pass on. Right. It's um, my favorite subject. I'm, I, I love it. I'm obsessed. Um, so when you pass away, you have what's called your etherical soul, and that's the soul that is in your body. Then part of your soul is always up at, in heaven. So like that's like when we talk about the soul connection, like part of you is always connected to the divine. But when you pass away, your etherical soul comes out of your body. And before your actual physical body dies, um, usually, you know, it could even be just a few minutes or it could be an hour or whatever. But these days, they're keeping people alive with uh, artificial means by like breathing apparatuses and all sorts of things. So they get out of the natural rhythm. So the etherical soul pops out and then the body is kept alive for so long that by the time the body passes away, the etherical soul is so confused as to what's happening. It doesn't find the light. Um, and that is actually a really big problem. This the natural um, the natural way like we die has changed. But, um, wow. And, and that obviously is new, relatively new, because relatively of the new. modern science and everything else. How do you help somebody pass over? Is that the right term, pass over? Uh, pass to? Yes. Um, well, it, one thing that people don't know, and I'll, I'll tell you how I help them, is that um, you have the light, usually for about a month, and then it goes away. So a lot of people also just love the idea that they can go to their funeral, they can pop over to everyone's house, see what they're talking about, and then they just don't get around to going to the light. But um, if they do miss the light, there um, there's a few things I can do. I can um, open up the light for them so they can pass through. I can have um, someone take them to the light. Like sometimes we call down archangels or past family members that can escort them to the light. But I learned the lazy man's version <laughs> in a book. My favorite version is so easy. You go to a funeral, you, you go to a funeral home or a church and just wait for a funeral and you can just go through their light and it will not close. It's like a portal. Right. So it'll stay open and you can just do it when you're ready. Because sometimes like I will go to their house, but they're just not ready. And I say, excellent. Whenever you're ready, just pick the church of your choice, wait for a funeral and just use their light. Now, do you actually communicate that way uh -huh. to folks and let them know that they can just attend the funeral and I'm not being uh, glib here no, of do. their choice. I mean, literally. I do. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's another method of getting somebody to pass through uh, that portal, as you said. Exactly. And again, sometimes they're not ready. Sometimes it's something they want to do alone. Mm -hmm. You know, some it's um, people that are um, like ghosts or uh, earthbound spirits. They're basically like you and I, they just don't have a physical body. Mm -hmm. I always tell, um, like, I'll tell kids, if, like, a kid sees a ghost, I'll just say, like, oh, it's like, you know, they don't have their Halloween costume on. Mm -hmm. You know, they take it off, and then they're, like, still a person. They just are invisible. Mm. You know, I was, I was uh, my wife Jody and I had an experience. We were in Sedona, Arizona for our honeymoon nearly 20 years ago, and I was a complete skeptic. And Jody, on the other hand, was very open to the possibilities of yep. there being medium. Exactly. And we walked in and had a reading. We did, and it was quite accurate. It's really something. Yeah, and it turned around your thinking. It sure did. It sure did. This woman was in her 60s, wouldn't you say, Jody? I'd say. Roughly. Yeah. Had been a minister, a congregational minister, I mm -hmm. believe. Um, lovely woman, sat down, and again, I was describing before we came in the air, it was just another day at the office for her. What did, what did she tell us at the time? I mean... Oh, she mentioned our son. She mentioned our moving houses. 
she mentioned a few things that in the end did come to pass. Of course, I'm, I freak out and I run out of the room and I go grab Jody and say, you're not going to believe this. This is incredible. And, you know, bring her back. And, and, uh, but it really did open my eyes to the possibilities. And that was kind of the start. Lydia, you mentioned that there are folks that are sensitive that mm-hmm. might be attracting uh, ghosts, but don't realize it. So how would someone know that they're in that situation? Great. I always tell people, if you are the one in Marshalls or in Stop and Shop where everyone comes to you and starts just telling them about your life, however you are with the living, you are with the um, with the people that have passed. So if you're that, that sweet, kind, open heart that listens to every sob story in um, Marshalls, when you go home... They'll, um, the spirits will just feel that heart. They'll feel your warmth and they'll just feel comforted if they're near you. So they'll just follow you home if they encounter you out in your life. And how do you know that they're with you? You'll feel like you're um, being, someone's watching you, but no one's there. Your neck care might stand up at the same time. You might wake up between three and five in the morning every night. That's kind of when you can feel them the most, between three and five. Or if I always ask them if they have a dog and the dog just starts barking and nothing is there and it hasn't done it before. Then I ask if they have a child under the age of five because then I say, go ask your child. And the child usually goes, oh, yeah, there's a little boy, you know, that's in the playroom. And they go, how did you not tell me? They go, I didn't know you didn't see the boy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a great question. And, and I'm glad you asked it. Do we all have abilities on a scale, if you will? Absolutely. Everybody has psychic abilities and uh, it is a, there's different kinds. There is the, um, the psychic sight. And uh, I always tell people if you're um, right before you go to bed, when you close your eyes to start to sleep, if you see colors behind your eyelids, then you have um, visual psychic ability. Or if you're going amongst your life and you feel like something just passed quickly in the peripheral vision and you turn and nothing is there, that's also, um, you most likely have psychic sight. Also, psychic hearing would be that you just hear things all the time that other people don't hear. There's like a, the earth has like a buzz, like a sound of the earth. If it's super, super quiet, but you hear this like weird vibration, you're most likely an audio psychic. If you, um, there's a psychic knowing where you just in your gut, just know something's going to happen, know someone's going to call and you don't know why you know, but you just know like what your name is that you know, that psychic knowing. And um, then there's people like me that can um, just um, talk to, you know, people that have passed away. Mm. And, and do you think over time this is a sense that will become more developed as we understand more about this and are able to tap it more? Yes, because I believe it really has to do with uh, two things. One is feelings and people are kind of going we're having a new cultural switch of having mindfulness and people yes. is being OK to express their feelings and own their feelings. Um and also, the um, it's becoming more intense on planet Earth, and uh, and every generation is has more abilities than the one before. So we are really having a huge rise with these psychic kids that are really um, off the chart, and yeah. they're just kind of born really aware. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Lydia Dustin. Lydia is a psychic medium. You can reach Lydia at Lydia. Dustin at gmail.com.
Com. She is available to do readings. She is also available to act as a medium. She can clear your uh, homes of uh, spirits, people that have haunted homes. She works with realtors. She works with people that are just interested in seeing their uh, what's going on in their home and, and how they might be able to remedy it. And um, I got to tell you, when she came in it, it, and you meet her and you lock eyes with her, you can tell that she is, as she calls herself, a super empath and that she is picking up things around her and sensing things in other people that that you and I just may not be able to pick up. And before we came on, I did what I had to do because it's burning on everybody's mind. Anytime you talk to a psychic and you're not normally around psychics says, can you read me? Um, and we had a little discussion about that. And, and the thing that I really enjoyed about that discussion is you were candid and said, it, it, a lot of it depends upon your subject and whether or not they're open and you can tune into them. How do you, as a person that wants to be read, how do you be open? Or how do you become you, more open? Right. You um, you have to feel comfortable. Like if you're nervous, you know, um, you, you don't want to be nervous. You should try to trust that you have to, the big things you have to trust the person that's doing the reading. You have to believe, you have to know the ground rules, you know, that like with me, I'm not going to bring anything bad. I'm not going to tell you anything devastating. I'm actually, if you're going to die, I'm not allowed to tell you. There are rules about being a psychic. Like I don't read people that don't want to be read. I um, don't tell you anything really, really bad. If you're going to die, I don't tell you you're going to die. Like, I'm really not allowed to do that. But um, I always make sure that the person feels comfortable, which is the key for me. And hopefully if I make them feel comfortable and have them know what the ground rules are and know what we're going to discuss, what we're not going to discuss, then they can relax a little bit. I always joke and say I'm like the skeptical psychic because I was raised skeptically that I'm the psychic um, for people that don't believe in psychics. <laughs> I've always wanted to go somewhere, someone, but we're nervous. And I always say I, I'm just like a regular Franklin mom that happens to do this. Right, right. You know, like I'm not going to, I'm very weary that there is a line that if you cross, people take a step back and look at you yeah. and just get really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I am very, very aware of that line. And I never want someone to feel awkward or strange. We engaged originally. And I, candidly, I wasn't comfortable. I was nervous. We're going to do a show today. I was nervous about the ground rules of the show and to make sure Lydia was comfortable. And I just wasn't open. But when I left the studio and came back in, we were talking about my mother-in-law, Joan, Jody's um, mom, who has passed in 2006. And it seemed like, I mean, you had no trouble picking up on Joan's qualities and 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 her presence mm -hmm. yeah and she's definitely to us certainly we felt that she's been around that she's given us messages that she's assisted us kind of guided us at different times and that's where our discussion went yeah and your description of her personality was spot-on um, relative to her always being uh, around when she's needed right exactly yeah mm -hmm. yeah so um it's really really interesting the other thing is the misnomer is that psychics are just people that are out there firing from their hip you actually went to school to be mm -hmm. uh to be trained is that the right word on um, on on yes. utilizing your gift right well i went to um, the reese thomas school of energy medicine and uh, that my daughter calls it the psychic school and it's actually not necessarily a school for psychics. I just happened to be super psychic. But um, and when I, I went there, it helped me kind of balance my energy and learn a lot of techniques for me to be able to um, deal with being psychic. And then I studied actual psychic. I studied with Master Psychic Lisa Campion mm -hmm. from, um, you know, beginners to her advanced training. So I'm a super trained yeah. psychic. Yeah. Are there things that you need to do, though, to take care of yourself? 
and to protect yourself. <laughs> yes. You are so good. That's a great question. I know. I know. That's what I'm the worst at, which is really funny. So um, being a psychic, some of the things you have to do is you have to ground, which means like get back into your body. Because like when you do a lot of psychic work, you're kind of up there in the spirit world. And uh, sometimes you you really do kind of, you have to stay grounded. You have to stay firmly grounded in the physical world. And you also always have to keep strict, strict boundaries. There's lots of nasty stuff out there and dangerous stuff. And um, I'm going to weave this right into my big platform, which is Ouija boards. Yeah. Um, I was going to add to my, the biggest way people's houses get haunted is when their teenage daughters get Ouija boards. Ouija boards, yes, they're made by Parker Brothers. It is not the board. What it is, is that when people get together in close proximity and their joint intention is to reach the spirit world, it then becomes a seance. So that is what's dangerous. And usually it's not dangerous unless one of your daughter's little friends has any psychic ability. And if that child has psychic ability, it then becomes a legit seance and they summons creatures or spirits from the, um, from the spirit world. But a trained psychic has a very high vibration and will, own, and will be able to talk to people in heaven and people that are high kind of vibrationally. The people you get on the Ouija board from Unchained Teenage Girls are like these nasty, dark, horrid entity things that will um, then come into the house. Creates a problem. Creates a problem. To say the least. Yes. And again, it's only if one of the kids has psychic ability. But it's really, I used to think it was just, I used to think it was a joke. Like, oh yeah, Ouija boards are dangerous. Until I talked to a lot of psychics and a lot of people that do clean homes. Mm -hmm. They're um, people that do um, cleanse houses of spirits and things. And they say the number one thing is this from Ouija boards. Yeah, amazing. Lydia, as I get older... I've started to realize that the gut feelings that I have, I need to trust more and more because Jody's been giving me feedback as to when I've been right about certain gut feelings. And she's actually said to me recently, you know, you're, you're actually spot on a lot when you talk from your gut. It's kind of back to the original question that we all have these abilities. But yes. people will walk around every day and say, I have a gut feeling. Is that yes. something that is connected to what we're talking about? Yes, that is. Um, we call that like the psychic knowing or it's just like a knowing. And it's like deep in your gut. Um, and the other way we have that is um, it almost feels like the little voice or on your shoulder that tells you what to do. So it's that voice that when people don't trust it, we always hear them say, oh, I should have called. Oh, I should have dropped off the gift. Yes. Oh, if I only went to the hospital, yep. I felt I should go, but I didn't. I always say, over your logical brain, trust that gut feeling and trust that little voice. And if, you, uh, and if you're not ready to trust it, I always say, just try to remember what it said so you can look back and see how many times it was right. When I, um, I was so skeptical when I started this journey. At one point, I wasn't even sure I believed in any of this stuff at all. Mm-hmm. And I never trusted myself ever. And now I trust my instincts more than I trust my logical mind. At what point did you realize, did you get to that point where you started to trust yourself? I was just so sick of almost doing something brilliant. You know, like just having to like, you know, swing by the friend exactly when they needed me. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to do what the voice tells me. I'm just going to do it. You get the hit. We call it the hit. Then your logical brain goes, oh, no, no, no. And I don't do that anymore. I just do it. Talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself out of it. It's always just like when with anything, um, people just say, oh, I have this feeling. But it's like, trust the feeling. The feelings are always right. 
Lydia, if, if you're talking to somebody who thinks that they have psychic abilities that are more developed and are interested in, in focusing those, what, what advice would you give them? I would definitely tell them to start like a journal where they do write down things that hits that have been correct so they can build up their confidence to see that they really are doing what they think they're doing because it's it's really weird it seems just counterintuitive that people would have almost magical abilities so sometimes you have to prove it to yourself to really dig in or and I would also try to ha- help them see what ability is their strongest because everyone has their thing that they're going to be really really good at and then they can practice it just like a muscle and they can get better at it makes sense yeah so they can recognize what's happening as it's happening. Exactly. And they always have to check in as well with themselves. I always say you have to stay grounded and you have to know how you feel. So then when you get input, you know that it's from outside of you. My big joke is the difference between a psychic and a psychotic is that the psychic knows when they're getting information from outside of themselves, you know? Makes total sense. When someone says, oh, like, I think I'm psychic, you know, I get this information. I always go, how do you know it's not you? And they always go, Oh, and they'll tell me. That's a great segue into a question I was going to ask, and that's we spend so much time in our culture of trying to disprove things. You just you just mentioned a perfect example. You know, you start out, well, no, that didn't really happen. It couldn't be me. It's got to be somewhere else. Why couldn't it be? Why isn't that on the realm of possibility? We spend so much time culturally trying to disprove things that don't feel comfortable that um, I'm just wondering about the impact of that culture on you as you grew up and even now, uh, because people will, the first thing they want to know is you're going to challenge them. Are you going to see whether or not they're real? You know, I mean, you're constantly, you're, you have that bar that you have to pass to legitimize the gift that you already know you have is so much higher than anybody else out there. If I walk up to you and say, I'm a doctor, you don't say, oh, really? Uh, do some surgery right now. Get down and fix that animal that's hurt on the side of the road. And then I'll tell you whether or not you're a doctor you're held to this standard that we're not held to right and it's um it's really hard because usually the people whose first question is like well if you're really psychic what did my grandmother keep on her bulletin board um i i just know that i'm probably it's probably not going to go well because if they're that closed off and untrusting and i would say like i'm not really that type of psychic i can tell you every i'm feeling like i can tell you everything she felt um and I can maybe talk to her for you, but like I, I don't get like the like the lottery tickets in the left drawer under the underwear. Like I don't get that. And um, <laughs> but like we all have our like different gifts, yeah. you know. And mine is they actually call it like clairsentience. It's like psychic feeling. So I might not be able to tell you what the granny had on her on her bulletin board, but I can tell you why your marriage isn't working without ever meeting your husband, you know. And I um. And I also, my other platform is um, the youth, like the, um, all these teenage kids that, you know, need a lot of help. Yeah. And one of the, my favorite things is when people bring me pictures of their kids so I can just tell them kind of what's going on with their teenager for real. Or um, That's fascinating. Yeah. It's like, that's um, one thing I do that, um, it, I guess it's, my teacher said, I'm the only one she knows that does this, is that I just basically, all I need is a picture of someone, and I can just tell you kind of uh, like the um, who they try to project to being, who they really are, why do they act that way, how, um, like if you're in a relationship with them, how do they need, um, what do you have to do to make them feel loved, what do they, what do they need you to, to say, what do they need to hear, what does your child really need you to do, how can you really support them? 
Um, and I don't know how I know, but I just know. It's fascinating. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with psychic medium Lydia Dustin. Uh, this is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, chaptersradio.com. You can reach Lydia at her email address, lydiadustin at gmail.com. That's L-Y-D-I-A, Lydia Dustin at gmail.com. And Lydia, uh, you also have a Facebook page? I do. Yeah, it's Lydia Dustin, and it's um, a professional page. And I have, I'm Lydia Dustin, Psychic Medium on Instagram. If you want to um, have me come over and do your tarot cards or if you want an appointment, my number is 857-928-4824 and you can text me or call me. Great, Lydia. Let's go through the services that you do offer. Okay. I love doing people's tarot cards um, and those are great for skeptics. Can you describe what right. tarot cards are? Um, tarot cards, it's a deck of 78 cards and um, they um, kind of mysteriously appeared on the scene in the 1300s. And uh, they're just a divination deck. If you remember Harry Potter, how he had like divination class, it's oh, just yeah. a way, um, another tool for me to access information about you or about situations. And they're always right. And uh, people that are skeptics, I love to do their cards because I always say there's 78 cards. Logically, what are the chances that these exact cards popped up? And sometimes men go, did my wife put these cards? How did you know? How did you do this? That would be I, like, me. The, right. And I'm like, it just, it works. It just always works, which I love. So I love to do um, tarot parties and, or um, I also love to, um, I love going to people's houses and seeing what's going on. Again, it doesn't have to be haunted. Like if your teen is having a really hard problem, like I can go into their room without them there and just tell you, I feel them in their room or I can look at their picture and tell you what's going on. Um, my favorite, favorite thing is um, relationships between people. I just can tap into that and tell you why, you know, everyone in your house is what's going on, like how you can help people. Is that a solution better. based type of feeling that you get? It is. It is like I um, I just I just um, inherently know what, what where people's wounds are and what they need to be like, how they need to be filled, how they need to be helped. So which is hard you know, because um, a lot of times when people are hurt, they um, they don't tell you what they really want because they're too mad at you or they don't even know what they want. But I do. So, again, it's Lydia Dustin and Lydia can be reached at eight five. I'm sorry, eight five seven nine two eight four eight two four. You can look her up on Facebook. Uh, she has a website coming soon. But until then, reach her at Lydia Dustin at Gmail dot com. Lydia, you have children and a husband. You, you live here in suburban Franklin. It's, it, as I said before, it's a, it's an amazing gift that you have. And I can imagine that it has brought challenges to you. I find myself wondering, have there been more challenges than rewards for you over time? Or is it just incorporated into who you are? So um, I love, love, love people, and I love meeting people alive and passed away. And um, I'm inherently a healer, so I love to help people come when they come in and help them just find out things about themselves or recognize their gifts and their greatest powers and helping people really see themselves mm. the way I see them. And um, with people that have passed away, there's all these paranormal TV shows where people are like chasing around ghosts and yelling and screaming at them. And I... Um, and I go to your home and I talk to the ghost just like I would a client. I say, oh, you're in this house. What can I do to help you? Like, I'm here for you. Like, what do you need? And uh, that's how I get, that's my big trick. That's how I get them out because I help them. We just try to problem solve. And um, if they're mad because their antique diamond ring went to the wrong aunt, we try to figure it out. We try to yeah. talk them into believing that that's okay and 
which which is one of the things I love about Lydia's blog, Jody, is is just that when you're reading it, and I'll tell you, it's infectious to read. And like I said, it reads like a really wonderful book. But didn't you feel pulled into it? Yeah, it's very uh, easy to read, a lot of humor within it. Right. Uh, so that I just felt connected immediately to the story and to what happened while you were uh, investigating a place or... or, or talking to a ghost or, or... And the other thing about it that it struck me, Lydia, is that, again, I would, on a scale of believer to non-believer, I'd probably be more of a non-believer, um, typically. But as you read this blog, you get the sense historically of how much you've done over time and how many situations you've been in and find yourself in. And as Jody said, the humor that you, your self-deprecating <laughs> humor, the humor that you add into it really humanizes it and humanizes the gift and, and um, really made me want to know more. And I'm so glad I got a chance to read it before I met you. Now I have to go write more blogs. There you go. I have been, I, since it's hard with the family and I have a toddler and I haven't been investigating as, as much, or it's like I, help people but then it's like you know their private business so yep. i don't want to put it online but um i do love it and, and i our... mentioned that video post of you at the uh, yes. apartment complex and my goodness if there is no question that you're feeling what you're feeling which was the the extreme cold the the crushing sensation the nausea um i said to, i brought it over to you jody and yep. i said look at this is there any question in your mind that this person is experiencing exactly what they're saying chestnut green yeah. in foxborough right. which i didn't realize it was a state mental hospital because yes, in my mind i saw it as a hospital hospital and my hairdresser ironically who i just talked to used to her mother worked there and she said lydia it actually looked like a traditional hospital hospital right. um but um so i wouldn't have gone unprepared if i knew but um when i and when it's really like um, intense, 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 haunted um, energy, it does make me feel like I'm going to vomit and I start dry heaving and it's really embarrassing to be on camera. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it really pulls you in. Uh, and, and you have a few of those videos. There's one that you made that Halloween night where uh, you, you were in your room. And I tell you what, it is gripping, gripping stuff. So I, I hope you do write the book. I, I think you, you're a very, very gifted writer. I I joke that I sh my title should be the skeptical medium because I really am. I'm a Yankee. I'm from Boston. I don't believe stuff very easily. And um, I would never believe any of these stories unless they happen to me personally. And that is why I think I was maybe brought on this earth to do this so I can be the um, psychic medium for people that really don't believe it or they think their house is haunted, but they really don't believe that a house can be haunted. And, um, and I think that's where my place is to kind of be the psychic for everybody else, yeah. especially the people that don't believe in it. Right. And, you know, that's exactly what I picked up from you. Um, and hearing more about Jody's mom, uh, who's clearly still with us, is is um, really it's what a gift to be able to give to somebody that assurance that their loved one is is well or acknowledge the fact that they're present. Uh, how comforting. Yeah, definitely. I love being the person that people come to and say, I've never told anyone this, but I'm pretty sure my house is haunted. And so many people have said to me, oh my gosh, like I really thought I was crazy. I really thought I was making things up or I thought my child was mentally ill, but I can't believe there's really something in their bedroom. You know, because where do you go? If, like, where like, do you go? Yeah. Where do you go? You just, it's like You'll a lot of- get on the phone and start calling people and saying, guess what? Right, and Franklin is so haunted. There are so many families. And um, a couple of years ago, I put- 
this um, post on um, on All About Franklin saying, like, I want to do this blog if anyone has a haunted house. And one day I had, like, 57 people in this town. And then either they back out or they don't want you to come over. But a lot of people have little little silent like roommates, you know. Are you, um, I know that you've been here for roughly 13 years. Do you remember where the Cadillac Club was? No. Okay. Remember where Florentina's was? Oh, yeah. Remember Florentina's? Yeah, and then it was the Chinese restaurant, and then it was the Big Y. That's, there you go. Yes. Um, so yeah. Jody and I would go into that restaurant when Florentina's was in that location, and we would say, there's something wrong with this building. There's, yeah. Yeah. We sat there for dinner one night, and I thought, yeah, let's leave. I felt cold. That's the only way I can describe it. I felt, I just didn't feel right. Did you? No, I didn't. When someone senses that feeling of just, and, and I think I've read this through some of your blogs, when someone senses that feeling that it just doesn't feel right, we've all had that feeling. I'm on yes. a street or I'm in an area or I get a cold feeling. What is that telling us generally? That is just telling you that there's some kind of um, like a energy, like the energy gets stuck and uh, it's uh it just brings different reactions in other people. And uh, the, it depends on how sensitive you are. Like some people might get nauseated. Right. Some people, their neck hair might stand up. Someone else just goes, this restaurant smells weird. I can't eat here. They always say they feel like right. something is wrong, but they don't know what it is. And they all might come to a different conclusion, except the, um, the consensus is we don't like being in there. Yes. But everyone, depending on themselves, will feel something different. There are times that I am driving down a street just randomly it could be anywhere and i get a cold feeling i don't want to be here it's bizarre and i just feel uh i just feel off and i'm going to start listening to that do i run away from that or do i just embrace it or do i just say that's just what it is there's something going on here well i am super curious so i would want to dig in and be yeah. like who do i know you who is this can i help you um, so you can dig in and try to see if you can get more information, you know, and just mm -hmm. get it away from you. Mm -hmm. Or um, if it's if you're going somewhere, and you always feel bad energy, like let's say it's a store or something. Please note that at certain times of the year, energy um, is much more intense. Like it's much more intense around the first of May and much more intense at Halloween. And then in between, they're like variations. Yeah, yeah. But like a full moon. Um, different dates like if it is someone that's passed away their birth date their death date you know there's the energy does change so yeah. things will be more intense at different times um and just have fun with it and bring other people and be like do you feel anything or you know all of us are experienced that where we're driving around and we say there's something about this area or yeah it's the phone rings i was just about to call you so right and you don't like it I would love, I keep joking saying I need to do like blogs just haunted Franklin. Like next to the old bowling alley. Here we go. There was like this bike path. Every time I've driven by my, since I've moved here, I'm just like, that's scary. Like I'm not going there. That's scary. A couple of weeks ago, it was a beautiful day. I was meeting my friend in a half an hour and I'm like, I just need to be in nature. I started walking on the bike path. I like turned the corner. Like just someone was like following me or I felt like someone was staring at me and I left, went to my friend's house. I was like, oh my gosh, I just saw, um, I was taking a walk, you know, by the bowling alley. She goes, ugh, every time I drive by, I feel like that place is creepy. I was like, you too? Why, mm -hmm. even as a psychic, my logical mind is, oh, come on, Lydia. Why, mm -hmm. why would someone right. like on the path? Like right. why, it just makes no sense. To me, it, it only, it's happened a few times when um, I've, you know, been rude or, angered, you know, um, a negative 
ghost. And ghosts are just like people. So if someone's like a jerk, then they're going to be a jerk when they're a ghost. And and what the worst one? That, <laughs> I love that. That I did. Like he was a bad. He was a bad guy, and he just you know was not nice. And um, I was doing. I was trying to clear him out, and he attached to me. But yeah, oh, I read that in your blog post. And you do feel like you're insane, even though again, like this is what I do. I always go to yet uh, like another medium just to verify because I, I say like I feel like I'm insane, but is there by any chance like someone attached to me? And they're like, oh my gosh, there's like this guy, you know. Another question for you, Lydia. A lot of times you hear people say, well, you know, mom's going to join dad in heaven, or mm-hmm. vice versa, or kids, or whatever. Do families join in heaven or in the spiritual realm? Another one of my favorite topics. So, um, in heaven. We have soul groups. And if you think of a soul group as like an acting troupe, mm-hmm. so we, you might have like 30, 20, 30 people in your soul group. And usually you come down and you play major parts in, e- in each other's like lives and stories. So like you could be a best friend and the next life maybe you could be um, a husband, an aunt, a child. And you re- usually typically stay and have the same main characters mm-hmm. that are just coming back in different roles. Mm-hmm. And you're uh, you're usually together. Fascinating. So is that cool? So, yeah, it's really cool, and it's it's very hopeful for people that you know the love of their lives passes on, and they know that they can get into their soul group. There is um, joy in knowing that there is another realm. Yeah, and there's been so much uh, research as far as you know, people from all different countries and cultures just having the same experience that when they do start to pass away, they are visited by um, relatives mm-hmm. that have passed to kind of help them you know to go and i was at a psychic fair and this woman came about my age and her 21 year old daughter had died and she was still here and i said uh well her relatives came down you know to 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 get her and the the girl goes i didn't know them and then she wouldn't go to the light because she thought it'd be like sitting in church and she's like, I don't want to do that. That's boring. Right. And the mother was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I can totally confirm that she would think that. I see. So so you were letting her know what her daughter was saying and mom was was giving you feedback that, oh, right. you're and on so, her. Yeah. yeah, I assured her that um, that heaven is not like sitting in church, that it's fun and you can play and dance and sing and eat and drink and have fun with all your family, your soul family up there. I told her it was like a sorority, hoping she would just go to the light. But yeah. we'll, see. we'll yeah. see. I don't know whether this is a sensitive topic or not, but I'm curious, how does the, being a medium and a psychic, how does it interlock with faith or are they mutually exclusive? Um, it depends on the person. For me, I've always had a very, very strong connection to God, and because I was raised Catholic, to the um, you know to Mary and Jesus and the saints and angels and things. And for me, that's a tremendous part of it. Like I really get my strength from my connection to God, and um, and I always ask that whatever I do is like to spread good, good for all, harm to none. And I try to do like God's work, you know, and. Um, and use it for good. Right. I had a talk with my pastor and he explained, well, you know, if people listen to you instead of to me, that like I, it gives me way too much power. Um, but what he doesn't understand is that being a psychic is um, we're just reading information right. that's out there. So if you consult three psychics, they should pretty much say the same thing. And if they don't, they should probably find another psychic. You know, I love that you said that. And, and you said you're the skeptic psych- psychic. I love, I love the way you set that up because... Basically, what you're saying is you're saying, look, I just have a means of 
providing information that's already there to somebody. So I'm just a conduit, if you will. I'm not playing the role of God. By the way, earlier you said, I'm not going to tell somebody that that they're going to die. I'm not going to predict futures that have disastrous outcomes for people. I am guided by a code of ethics. I'm basically like a Hippocratic oath. I will do no harm. Absolutely. And um, people say, well, what do you do if it's something bad? I say, so, is anybody sick? Or I say like, yeah, so, oh, does something happen? Like, I'm not going to, you know, you're not looking to terrify or to play the role of God. You're simply being a communicator of, of, of messages that are already available to people. You just happen to have the gift to be able to express them. Yes. Can you please come with me and help me explain this? To I, will, I will Excellent. give it a shot. Perfect. I want to thank you, Lydia, for spending this time with us. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, it, Jody. Thanks, Jody. It's been wonderful to be here. It's nice to meet you. We've been speaking with Lydia Dustin. Lydia is a psychic medium. You can reach her at 857 928-4824. That's 857-928-4824. She can also be reached at Lydia, that's L-Y-D-I-A, Dustin, all one word, at gmail.com. And she is available for tarot parties, tarot card parties. How much fun would that be? It is so much fun. I do them with um, with ladies my age. I do them with um, with teens and tweens. Like, it's so much fun. What a fun. blast. She's also available for personal consult if you just want to be read, if you want to uh, engage a medium, if you want to have a house cleared, or if you just want to have a house analyzed. Make sure you take a look at her blog on her Facebook page. That's Lydia Dustin. And so, for my guest, Lydia Dustin, and my guest co-host, Jody Derrick, My name's Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and we'll see you next week.